Welcome to another one of our online Ignatian conversations in our uh, discernment in action series. I am a, uh, Mr. Bob Steffen, the director of Ignatian Formation and Adult Spirituality at uh, Loyola and excited to, to be joined with my colleague, Mr. Christian Estran again for another uh, one of these conversations. Today we're coming together with the topic of discernment in crisis. One that we believe is so timely, uh, particularly for all the events that really have happened over the course of uh, 2020. So many different uh, crises that have occurred that have required leadership, uh, response, discernment, and prompted particularly by uh, current events in Washington, um, the uh, actions there that have just happened in the last few days, uh, causing, I think for all of us, a time to, to pause, to reflect, and to say, um, what can we learn? And how are we all called to discern and to act in times of crisis? Um, Christian brought this topic to me, and so I'll, I'll turn it over to him to, to say a little bit more about some of his thoughts and, and what might be uh, most important to consider as we begin this conversation. Yeah, thanks, Bob. It's, uh, it's great to be back on here with you. Um... You know, I, I think the reason I, I reached out and I thought about doing another one of these conversations um, is we just, well, I just completed um, the first semester teaching our Developing as a Leader course here at Loyola High School. Um, and one of those topics that, that we really talked about uh, during the semester and that the guys really got engaged with was the idea that leadership can unfold and really flourish during crisis. Um, and that leaders have a calling to be prepared to act and respond to crises as an active part of their skill set that they're called to develop. Um, you know, one of those really powerful ideas that, that we have in the course um, and that I pull from one of our textbooks is that servant leaders are always in training. Um, you're never fully developed as a leader. And one of those areas that we, we really profoundly talked about was that you can train yourself to learn to step into moments of crisis and to learn to be effective in a crisis when you know other people um, might want to shut down or respond or not not be able to to take that first step back into the arena, um, and that if you really prepare yourself actively for that, you're going to be able to um, respond in a dynamic way um, when so many other people might just not know what to do next. I think it's so important to uh, think about. And I'll be curious to to hear your thoughts on um, how we uh, prepare ourselves in a sense for those moments, because what you just were saying reminds me of, uh, I believe the way that uh, St. Ignatius kind of structured the formation of Jesuits, growing out of his own uh, experience of being in a number of different points of crisis. And then in trying to prepare uh, the future Jesuits for any kinds of circumstance, intentionally running them through uh, experiences in initial formation that would test them, that would stretch them, that would put them into uh, places of challenge or difficulty. Because I think uh, one point is that in a time of crisis, um, people act differently, right? Mm -hmm. We all have an idea of how we're gonna act, uh, but, the challenge is action is not just a function of the mind or the thought or previous intellectual conjecture 
rather it's emotion, it's physical, it's in the moment, right? Uh, how will you act? And the more that you're trained to integrate all those elements of yourself, the more effectively you'll be able to make a decision that's grounded, not just in, let's say, uh, a concept or in fear or in an emotional response, but rather one that balances all of them. And I think that was part of the goal of how Ignatius wanted you know, Jesuits uh, to, to be trained through formation and maybe a little bit of what you're trying to convey to your, to your students as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I really love how you're talking about um, Ignatius building in moments of crisis to, to almost, you know, I think one of those profound things I talk about with the guys in my course is that leaders have to be willing to learn how to fail themselves in small settings and failure often brings with it crisis or, or the need to change things. Um, just, I wanted to kind of highlight a quote to bring into the conversation um, from one of our, our course texts, Spiritual Leadership uh, by Leonard Duhon. Um, he's a professor emeritus up at my, my alma mater where I'm doing my PhD in leadership um, at Gonzaga. And uh, this, quote of, this quote of his is that crisis is a turning point when a new kind of judgment is needed. Um, that is why leadership theorists suggest that leadership emerges in times of crisis. Without crisis, we generally have uh, simple management. In other words, leadership is the combination of vision and the skills that empower a person to handle crises creatively, caringly, and productively. Uh, crises, like most, changes is, like most changes, are now different than they used to be. In fact, many former crises uh, are now handled proactively as part of good management, and some former crisis management skills are now left uh, in disuse. Contemporary leaders know that their effectiveness is linked to confronting crises with style and insight. Uh, and I, I think that quote speaks really powerfully to what, you know, I, I reflect on in the course and, and in some ways what I even do in my own leadership practice um, is that you have to have uh, the ability to, to be thinking two steps ahead of where you're at all the time. You have to be willing to take things as they come and incorporate that into your larger vision um, rather than trying to feel like you have a sense of controlling the outcomes of anything that's going to happen. Um, and I, I think that's a really kind of effective way of, um, if you're going to be a person who's in a position of leadership, um, whether that's just over your own life or, or other people's around you, uh, you have to be willing to just take the crises as they come and make sure that you're an adaptable enough person and that you're your own personal mission is adaptable enough to take those crises in and make the most of the opportunities that come with them. No, I think that's, that's so true, especially when we consider that in a moment of crisis, we often don't have all the information and that we're making decisions based on the best available uh, information about the situation and about who we are. Right. That's partly why I think that a moment of crisis can be so revelatory because it reveals uh, kind of the fundamental principles. It doesn't uh, reveal people's ability to carefully consider every different option and go through them. It, it shows like, you know, at, at heart, when you act, how will you act and in which direction uh, will you go? And um, I think as well, that point about failure is so significant because um, those 
a few of us, certainly not St. Ignatius, certainly not myself, uh, will respond in the way that we want in those uh, moments of crisis. You know, St. Ignatius in, uh, in the battle at Pamplona um, had that uh, stubborn, uh, pride-filled action of, of, you know, charging on, right, in the midst of battle. We don't know all the details. We don't know if other um, soldiers might have lost their lives as a result of that decision. Right to stand your ground. We know the the physical suffering that Ignatius endured, um, but that decision uh, was of a type that uh, driven by pride. Uh, that and really, not that specific context, perhaps of being in battle, but that acting out of pride or out of fear of being wrong is something that I think all of us can confront or can experience. Right, and what you were talking about in being able to be open, to admit failure, and also to trust is so important, right? There's, it's something so surprising. I've often been uh, admired a lot of the wisdom of 12-step spirituality, for example, which talks about the importance of surrendering your own uh, ego. Not, so you're not handing over your own uh, decision-making responsibility, but rather by freeing yourself of believing that you're always in control, you are better able to respond to what's actually occurring because you're not projecting in constantly what you want the situation to be, but you're rather accepting it as it is. So, so much I think of what you're saying uh, resonates with that. And we're in the midst of a whole context right now of, of, of examples of that. Yeah, you know, and just to just to be, I think, explicitly clear, um, without making it a political statement, is that I think what we witnessed this past week um, in the storming of our capital was um, a, a leader, someone I won't call him a leader, somebody who you know, our president Donald Trump, um, soon to be former president, placed in a position of authority who doesn't know how to handle failure, right? And and we can see that if people who don't have the formation um, or at least are willing to take the steps to try and do the formative work to be a leader when they're placed in a position where you need leadership, um, the, the consequences can be really catastrophic. Um, and I, I don't, th and I think that anyone who wants to be in position of leadership has to be willing to take part of that burden up with them, right? Like that's part of the, that's part of that self work of, of crisis is that, you have to be willing to know up front that you're going to fail when you step into those positions. And, um, you know, I, I think one of the sayings is that, you know, in sports and a lot of things that failure is not an option. Um, and, and, you know, I think that the, the Ignatian way to me in so many ways is willing to admit that failure is always an option, but that doesn't matter because we're still going to do what we're going to do because it's the right thing. Um, you know, I, I go back to, uh, I think you and I brought this up in some other contexts, uh, that idea of Ignatian like indifference or or the the willingness to go forward with something even if um, the outcome means the end of everything you care for because it's the right way. Um, and I, I always just come back to when I brought this up to the guys in the course, Ign Ignatius being willing to say uh, in his own lifetime that if the entire Jesuit order were to be taken away from me, um, I would need a day to kind of like cry myself to sleep to deal with it and then I would move on um, living my life the, the exact way I did the day before uh, when everything fell apart kind of thing.
Yeah, and I there's um, something I think that you were saying about just the way that we frame or understand um, failure and what uh, how important it is to recognize that we are all always in progress, right? So. I think, for example, um, in framing things in the right way, uh, which I think you'll see sometimes in, let's say, the, um, the startup industry, the tech industry, which we'll talk about failing often, right, and failing quickly is a, is a way to learn what's going to work and what's not, right, with moving into new projects without the idea that the first thing I get is going to be the good one, but rather knowing that you're going to have to try a lot of different times before you hit on what's really going to be good. And unless you've really explored and, and, and tested things, uh, the mediocre idea that you had at the beginning, if you just stuck with that, will never turn into the brilliant idea that's actually going to be the one that, that carries the whole company forward. The same, I think, too, it's like, what do we focus on in a way when we talk about uh, leadership and or, or just action in general? You know. Uh, in the sports context, do we only focus on the final result of particular games? Or rather, do we talk about the learning that occurs every time we practice, right? You start out as an athlete, you fail all the time at the beginning. Whatever sport you're doing, the first few years that you're doing it, there's a lot of failure. There's so much mistakes, right? And unless you learn, from those mistakes that occur in practice and in, in games, you never develop in, in the way that you will uh, ultimately become. I think it's always interesting to note that in the, um, the careers of both uh, law and medicine, we refer to them as practicing, practicing law, practicing medicine, right? Um, because there's an awareness that that kind of uh, the wisdom that's being, uh, the knowledge that's being implemented is one that's grounded not in constant certainty, but rather in good judgment in the context of a time. And so I think that we see so much uh, how not having that kind of flexibility of thought uh, is, is dangerous and, and um, challenging. Uh, in terms of the ability to adapt, especially when things move quickly and when uh, we're not in control. You know, absolutely. Um, it's when, I think when control is left, that it, in leadership, there's always this talk about, like I talked about the formation piece. Um, and, and I think I brought up uh, briefly earlier that one of the, the mottos of the course that I, I teach is we are all servant leaders in training. Um, kind of the kind of the same way. No one ever becomes the perfect servant leader uh, because we all are human. Uh, but the the foundation piece of the in training part is that you always practice your fundamentals of leadership in in every single space, right? Whatever those fundamentals are for you. Um, and you know, I I think in the Ignatian contemplative sense, it's you know, it's that call to. Um, think back on what are, what are our mission oriented goals. And if you're someone who's living out uh, the mission to be a person for and with others in the world, that's going to make sure that you're following the right course of action, re regardless of the failure or success of what you're doing, um, because you're still going to have an impact, even if your final goal wasn't achieved. 
And I, I think for leaders, there's a peace of mind in knowing that when they're proceeding in a way that they've discerned is right, um, when crises hit, they might not be able to achieve uh, the best version of their goal that they set out to do, but they can still take, uh, I think, a level of peace in the sense that what they set out to achieve still had an impact somewhere, right? They still impacted somewhere somewhere down, down the road uh, the type of change they wanted to make, even if, it was, even if it's not on the grand scale that um, they would have hoped for in their wildest dreams kind of thing. Um, and, and, you know, I think the part of failure is that recognizing that, again, um, they're going to learn on how to improve for next time, right? Because there's always going to be, there's always going to be a next time in, in leadership. There's always going to be another moment where in your life you can impact others, um, whether that's a small moment on the next day or another large moment in years to come. There's always going to be another unfolding part of your own chapter and, and of the lives of others in which you're going to be called upon to act um, as a person full of grace um, and, and full of wisdom. And I think that this is, uh, you know, so much of what is passed down from the Ignatian tradition and, and part of what we hope in Ignatian education. I'd be curious to hear and um, ask you if there might be some, you know, examples that you could share, um, either examples from some of the things that you've heard from your students and what you've done, you know, this, this last semester or experiences from your own life uh, where some of these um, elements might, uh, might be uh, highlighted. Um, I um, often think for me of, you know, a moment of uh, crisis, it's not, it wasn't external and internal was when I uh, kind of made the decision to leave graduate school and I was studying uh, history, been planning and was studying uh, modern European history and a PhD program at UCLA. And uh, that had been my, you know, long time dream to be a history professor. And I came to the point for a number of different reasons where I decided that I wasn't going to continue in that path. Um, there was clear, uh, two clear kind of moments of uh, uh, possibility, let's say. One was mostly one of kind of a darkness of uh, frustration and kind of sadness of loss, right? Combined also with fear of what would I do? Who would I be? All these things after so much was wrapped up in this certain goal or identity. And on the other hand was opportunity. Opportunity to try new things, to, to explore new avenues, right? To believe that there were going to be other things that would give me as much possibility, satisfaction, joy in life that were out there uh, than the path that I had been fixed on uh, for so long. And I'll say it was a very challenge. I, I wouldn't say that I just grabbed right onto that opportunity. Oh yeah, here we go forward. In fact, I probably uh, was much more in the darkness and fear, but that touch point, that personal crisis, it wasn't any kind of external crisis, but personal crisis is one that's been a touchstone for me for many times, because ultimately it did turn into something that opened me up to new opportunities that were very fulfilling. And so when I look back on it, I can know that yes, in times of great change and uncertainty, there is good that can come. And I try to encourage myself to remember that in those moments as difficult as it can be to feel it at the time. 
when it feels like so much has been lost. Or the, I don't know if there's examples or experiences in you know what you've heard from the students or in your own life that would be um, related to this topic of discernment and crisis. Yeah, actually very, very similar to yours. Um, uh, during the end of my undergraduate career, when I was initially up at, up at Gonzaga, um, I, uh, I was in a great, I, I will say, you know, when I was in an undergraduate, um, I had a really great setup. I was a varsity athlete. I was um, really excelling in my academics where I was um, in the honors program there. And uh, through, you know, kind of like circumstances out of my control, um, my, my family had a, a rather large crisis moment. Um, and it was, you know, all through things that were outside of my, you know, again, when, when other people who you're financially dependent upon um, have things kind of fall apart, um, it's out of your control completely. Um, and, you know, I, I went from um, having a kind of like I built myself my perfect little bubble and I thought that I had made it kind of thing. Um, and I, I had to make the very hard decision um, rather quickly that uh, I was going to graduate early um, and and not get a double major I wanted, not uh, not get the chance to do some internships that I had really, um, you know, took almost a year to apply for and, and build myself into. Um, and, and I just had to uh, drop a lot of things I was involved with. And I went from, um, you know, having a, a, a smaller load of like 19 credits to uh, my last year and a half when I was in school, I, I took 24 credits a piece and I like overloaded and I'd over overloaded and overburdened myself. Um, but for the sake of, I, I only had so much money and so much time left. Um, and, and the path I had planned out for myself was not going to happen anymore. Um, luckily I, I got, um, I would say I was open to discernment, um, because of a Jesuit I was in spiritual direction with at the time. Um, and he, you know, really challenged me to say, Hey, there might be a new opportunity that you have to remain aware of. Um, cause I was really kind of like skulking and, um, you know, I would, I will say complaining to myself and to others that the world's so unjust, you know, all, all of those things that I, I think it's easy to get caught in when crises happen and you feel like you have no control left. Um, and it was that really powerful message just coming from my own spiritual director who said, Hey, um, you can't control what's going to happen to you, but you can certainly control how you respond. Um, and, and to me, that story and that, that ability to stay in a place to keep my eyes open and my head up in moments of crisis was, uh, was really something that's been transformative for me. Because every time I do have a failure, I just always tell myself, I'm like, hey, part of this failure was out of your control. Um, and that's okay. Um, and the way you respond to this and the way you move on is what's going to be important and not the failure itself um, at the end of the day. Uh, so long story short, because of that mindset, um, I got lucky enough to kind of figure out that theological grad school was an option for me um, instead of kind of the path of law school that I had had planned and laid out and that my internships were all geared towards. Um, so I kind of had to drop one um, life path that I'd set up in front of me, I would set that down pretty quickly. And, and I took up um, studying theology and, and seeing Jesuit education as a place that I could call home through that. Um, and that was a really kind of transformative experience for me to figure out that uh, I was able to make something really beautiful out of, out of really kind of the loss of the dream I had had for a long time. So um, kind of, kind of a similar experience of just 
you know, you're, you're on a great path that you think is going to be what your definition of success is. And you just kind of have to um, let it go and, and walk away from it and deal with the, the burden that comes with that. Uh, it's a great uh, example. And I think so much of what we do draw from are those personal challenges that, that we confront. Um, as we move towards kind of the end of our time, I'll, I'll ask you in just a minute if there might be some, uh, you know, words that you share with the students that you think are, are helpful for people in general or things that the students have said, because I think so much of that, as you were articulating, has to do with having the right uh, framework for how we view things. So just talking about like that we not focus just on um, that we know that so much of life is is in learning from the things that we're practicing, right? Or that failure is a necessary part of development. I think for me of uh, something that a Jesuit, I uh, mentor of mine, uh, Father Bill Creed in Chicago, uh, kind of told me in a situation where he asked me to, to take on more responsibility with some work there. And he said, you know, look, this is an opportunity where I'm there um, and it's a place where you can, you can learn and grow. And, you know, this, the stakes are not that high. There's a potential for to, to fail and to learn. And I think that's so important, especially I think for our students and, and even in, you know, my own life to know what kind of circumstance am I in, right? Is this, is this a life or death situation? Uh, or is this more like I'm in school and I'm learning and most of the things externally are pretty safe, right? It's like, right. I'm, I'm, there's security out there and there's people I can turn to to ask for help. So that this is a circumstance where I can take some risk, appropriate risk for the situation so that I can learn, right? It's so important that we take those opportunities when we have them, when we're in those frameworks, uh, like uh, Bill Creed was inviting me to, uh, to kind of safe risk, so that when we get to those points of real crisis, hopefully never life or death, but those real crisis, that then we, we have the practice of having learned how to make those difficult decisions without all the information in times of crisis, where we're motivated, as Ignatius I think always wanted us to be, I mean, as the words of Jesus say, be not afraid, where we're motivated not by fear, but by generosity, and a sense of goodness and, and love for others. Absolutely, and I think that goes well with uh, this segment of text that I wanted to share, um, finally from Leonard Duhon's book again, um, that I shared out with the guys at the end of this conversation uh, when we had it in our own class. Uh, it's that good leaders do not anxiously anticipate crisis and change, but rather they enthusiastically welcome them. Uh, for these situations give leaders significant opportunities to model and to coach others through times of change while preserving the essential characteristics of a shared vision. Um, and I think what lies at the root of that, and like you talked about, it was someone who invited you to a place of being able to fail and being able to learn from those failures. Um, what Duhan finds at the core of his sense of, of leaders in times of crisis is that leaders are never really alone. It's that falling back on your network and your community of development and support and recognizing that uh, so many of those larger crises that you're going to face in life oftentimes have to be handled in community. Um, and you might be the one who has to make the decision on it, but still recognizing that you're a part of a community that's going to support you with that and through that. Um, 
and I think that's just the biggest model that I try to get through to my guys is that uh, being a leader isn't being a lone wolf. Uh, being a leader is willing to be the prophetic voice in a community and to hopefully let your example inspire those around you in times of crisis. Um, it's, not, it's not about knowing that you have to do everything because I think that's what, what oftentimes is going to lead to more failure um, than would necessarily be the case. Um, but it's just willing to uh, model all of these behaviors that I think that we've talked about yourself and hopefully inspire others around you to walk that journey with you at the same time. And I think that's where we find success against, uh, you know, this crisis that we find ourselves in right now, I think, in our own, our own country. And, and I think it's a crisis of spirit is my final thought. Um, that same sense of community and of modeling that I see the Duhan talking about, of welcoming crisis not alone, but together um, is where we can find hope um, sometimes in places where it doesn't seem like it's there very much. Well, thank you, Christian. It's so important, I think, that we do find those places of hope, right? And recognize that um, these are challenges of, of the spirit and um, they're not just abstract decisions that are made but go to the very core not just of who we are uh but not even just who our society is but you know ultimately what god has invited us to be uh, individually and and as as people and so um we've just scratched the surface here i think we weren't Absolutely. sure when we began exactly uh what uh we get into but i think it's clear that we we've covered a great ground of some of the big frameworks of, uh, you know, how to enter into mindset of how to enter into this topic from an Ignatian perspective of discernment and crisis. There's many more kind of specific elements we could uh, get into and hopefully we'll have a chance in the future uh, to, to, to come back and to take even further applications of these ideas uh, to uh, specific uh, frames and to a particular context as well. Yeah, that's I 100% agree. Absolutely. Um, I know that there's a it's great that you're able to offer this kind of course for our students. Uh, it's a wonderful time for them to begin engaging these ideas. Uh, I look forward to joining you again for, for other conversations and 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 with that reminder, as you did that in the midst of crisis, the important thing is for us to remember that we're invited into discernment, which is directed toward hope and to a spirit that is not guided by fear, but rather the invitation to follow what God has invited us all to. Yeah, one, one plug I'll make at the end here. Um, if you want to hear more profound things than, than anything I can offer, um, check out the Developing as a Leader podcast that the guys uh, in my class produced this past semester. There's seven episodes on there about a whole kind of range of topics um, that go a lot more in depth than, than we did today on some specific ways I think are, that are helpful to be a leader in a crisis. Um, uh, the guys did a really good job with them. So feel free to, to check it out and hear some of the thoughts that I was blessed to hear throughout the semester for yourself. I think it's, they're really worth a listen. Excellent. Such a great idea. We'll include a little bit of that uh, information at the end of, of this uh, recording and so important to see. I think we all learn the more we listen to multiple voices uh, talk through these issues, 
the more there is to learn to tie to our theme today. There's always uh, things that are out there for us to learn. We're all practicing uh, uh, right now. And so the more we can learn and, and grow from our failure, the better, not just for us, but for everyone. So Absolutely. thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Christian, again, and look forward to future conversations.